if we come up out of COP with this strong sense of unity, a strong sense of inclusivity, making sure that every individual in society, in community is included, that's a success. COP28 will definitely be a key COP uh, that is, has in its core youth and youth aspirations. I'm Tatiana Antonella Bella, founder of Goombook, and you're listening to Forward Talks, Conversations That Matter. This episode continues our special series, Climate Leaders Rising Up to COP28, in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. We're sharing inspiring stories of sustainability leaders and climate champions driving impact from our region to the world. I'm joined today for this youth-focused episode by Obeid Ali Al-Shamzi, a distinguished Emirati biologist currently leading the Marine Biodiversity Section and the Youth Council at the UAE Ministry of Climate Change and Environment, and his colleague Shama Rashid Mewana, a climate change analyst with the Ministry. We talk about how the UAE government has been engaging with the youth, involving them in policy making and measuring the outcomes of these programs. Obed and Shama also told me how they began working with the UAE Ministry of Climate Change and Environment. Here's Shama. So I studied environmental science and sustainability in Zaid University in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and after I graduated, I landed a volunteering job with the ministry. And during that volunteering job, I got the opportunity to attend COP25. So that was the first COP that I ever attended. And that was the moment where I knew that I wanted to continue in the climate change file in this atmosphere. So after uh, COP25, uh, uh, finally I landed a job at the ministry. So I've been four years, I believe. So I'm a climate change analyst currently, uh, a negotiator and an ACE focal point and a youth advocate. So I have a range of different files and projects that I'm working on. And in terms of kind of my passion with the file is I love how us as youth are able to voice our opinion in a lot of those negotiation tables when it comes to climate talks. So that's kind of my passion is to see how we could influence the future. How could we influence a, a decision maker? Because at the end of the day, it is, will, the responsibility will be laid on us later on. So uh, this is a kind of a simple journey of uh, my work. Very empowering. What about you, Obeid? I have a, well, I wouldn't say a similar experience to Shayma, but um, I studied uh, ecology and um environmental biology at United Arab Emirates University. And through that, I realized my passion with biodiversity, nature, and ecology. And um, I did my internship within the ministry. And um, there I found out that there is a biodiversity department in the ministry, and the government is actually working on conservation of species and um, having this, um, fostering this international cooperation on those issues. It's been 10 years now uh, being part of the of this uh, framework and working uh, in biodiversity. Um, I have um, been lucky to be the focal point for UAE for different uh, uh, convention on biodiversity and also being uh, the head of marine biodiversity now at the ministry and um, having different roles and being able to um, 
get my voice and the voice of uh, those, uh, the one that we can't hear, uh, basically the, the animals who can't speak and the plants, and being able to uh, reflect their, um, like the challenges they are facing and how we can help them and make sure they are sustainable and present today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow for our children and our grandchildren in the future. Um, and also uh, in youth perspective, <laughs> I've been part of the youth councils at the ministry, different cycles, and I'm now the head of the youth council at the ministry. And Shayma is also uh, one member that is uh, that we are proud to have at uh, our council as well. How do you define youth? So I believe globally youth is from age 14 or 15 until 24. However, I in the UAE, we define youth from the age of 15 until 35. Again, because we're quite a young population, so we make sure that we can integrate a much broader age group or age bracket. So, and again, the definition will be leaving childhood, entering adulthood kind of thing. I remember I went to the youth hub here in Dubai, and I said, can I come in? Of course. <laughs> they said, um, are you working with some youth? <laughs> <laughs> Like, am I, am I not youth? Tell them you're youth at heart. Um, yeah. But I know that they're very welcoming. So it's uh, it's officially for youth, but it's it's actually very uh, yeah, uh, inclusive. I, I think globally and even the UAE, the work for the youth is not only limited for youth. Exactly. It's have always been led by uh, older generations. And like you can't work as a youth without the wisdom and um, the feedback from the older generations to be able to build on and continue your work. Um, so for me, youth is um, as long as you feel you have contribution to the world, then you're youthful. It's a state of mind, right? Yes, exactly. And I think also another incredible aspect of the UAE that I, I feel is is really uh, seeping through generations is the heritage and culture yeah. of uh, the UAE. And, and I think even in the work of nature and environmental preservation, you can see how this is passing through uh, the different um, generations. Um, it's really incredible to see how empowered you are uh, from a very young age. And, and my next question would be to you, how did the youth councils come about? We know how the UAE is really focused on youth. Uh, we can see how every single ministry, how every single government body is embedding youth. Uh, not only as, as a presence because of, of targets, but more as really having you part of the discussions, part of the solutions, um, and really working within the different teams. So how did this start? Okay, so the UAE, since its foundation, uh, the late Sheikh Zayed always believed in the youth, in the role of youth. And um, youth for Sheikh Zayed was uh, really part of his um, legacy and culture most of his poems and his sayings are around youth and empowering youth and make sure that the youth realize their role um, within the framework of the uae and the uae government um, if i'm not mistaken with the date in 2016 or 2017 uh, sheikh mohammed bin rashid uh, the vice president of uae the prime minister of uae also he launched um, a national search for the UAE youth minister. He wanted someone um, from the youth uh, with no environment, with no governmental background, 
to um, take the lead uh, with youth issues and bringing youth uh, perspective into uh, the UAE cabinet and the government. And um, millions of youth in the UAE have applied. And uh, luckily, uh, Her, Her Excellency Shayma al Mazrui was chosen and announced as the uh, Minister of State for Youth. Um, and through uh, that, I think that sparked all of this uh, work now uh, around youth uh, in the UAE government. Um, her team and uh, everyone in the UAE government started this initiative of uh, youth councils within uh, institutions, uh, authorities, ministries, um, even companies, uh, private sector. Um, the idea of youth council is we need a framework or um, a pathway for the youth to get their voice to the policymakers. So the Youth Council is basically this vessel for uh, the youth at any institution um, to have their own representatives uh, being present, reflecting their issues, reflecting um, their aspiration to the decision maker. For us at the ministry, uh, we had, I think this is the fifth cycle of the Youth Council. Um, and we have worked with uh, different ministers through uh, through our ministry and also with the different uh, leaders uh, within our country. Um, and I think it's a very uh, valuable tool for us, um, especially um, for policymakers. When, the, when you are making a decision or you are making a, a new policy, you're always interested to know how would that impact the youth, the next generation? What is even the youth perspective into this? And um, having the Youth Council uh, is starting to be a strong tool of uh, advocating for youth and uh, youth perspective into national policies. And I know today, I mean, we're here specifically to talk about uh, climate action and uh, and copies coming up. So definitely youth again is taking a center role. Um, Shema, what can you tell us about the policymaking aspect? How are you involved? I know that you said you're a negotiator, you're an, an analyst, and uh, you're a, a very uh, um, strong element within the whole COP organization. What does it mean for you? The first file that I was handed when I joined the ministry was the adaptation file. And as you know, adaptation is a big component when it comes to climate action. So the role where I can come in, I could proudly say that I'm youth and to carry such a heavy weight file. And it's an, and it, that's kind of the sort of opportunity that we want to give people and youth when it comes to decision making or policy making. For instance, we are uh, in we are in the process of developing our first national adaptation plan. We have conducted, I believe, so far two consultation sessions just dedicated for youth and children to kind of understand their perspective and to kind of understand how they could play an integral part. And part of our discussion with them, they have highlighted that they don't want to be just an added. Uh, it's like just a consultation, but more like hands-on when it comes to policy making. So right now we're planning to establish a children and youth working group for them to be able to take a step-by-step -step as to, okay, what do you think we should focus on and from your perspective when it comes to um, a national adaptation plan? Where do you think we should focus on? How could you play a part? How could we put adaptation measures for the youth for them to be able to go on the ground to implement it and to again help the cause so that's one of the ways that we're doing it and also 
part of another file that I'm managing right now, which is Action for Climate Empowerment, which is a community-based, society-based framework or a strategy, right? So we recognize that the government, the private sector play a major role in terms of how policymaking is uh, being conducted and how it could later on be implemented in ground. But we do recognize there's a component that needs an extreme attention in this community. So this is where children, youth, people of determination, elderly people, labor market, uh, labor workers can come in and assist the work that we're doing. So as we're progressing with ACE, uh, Action for Climate Empowerment, it's uh, it operates under six principles. So the sixth principle is education, uh, public participation, international cooperation, uh, access to information, training, and awareness. So the plan is to develop uh, measures or initiative projects where we're targeting each six element and targeting the specific groups. So now we're taking youth. So we know there's a lot of uh, youth initiative already in ground, right? So how could we measure that those initiative actually to develop the target, like the target or desired outcome, right? We're doing a lot of education-related uh, projects, but how do we know that those education-related projects actually amount to what it needs to to do, right? Like, are the youth gaining those information? Are they gaining those skills? How could we harness those skills later on as they're progressing to the workforce? So there's a lot of project in terms of what we're trying to do is to build their capacity so later on they could use that capacity, what they have learned, and they could assist the work that the government is doing when it comes to policy because they're prepared because we want to build that expertise. We want climate experts. We want adaptation experts. We, know, we want those, you know, those enthusiasm, the, the excitement that they have. And then we take it and then we, we kind of help them to support us when it comes to policymaking. And I think one of the big... Uh, work that the UAE have done is that we made sure that all of the uh, COPs that we have attended to make sure that we do have a youth delegation and they are given an opportunity to sit on the table. They are given an opportunity to kind of uh, study the different agenda item, to understand what it entails, to understand how it is being implemented in the country, on the ground, how does it look like? And then later on, as you're building that capacity, we will have that strong UAE negotiation team that can, can continue to carry this file further. When we go back, Obeid and Shama tell me about their expectations from COP28 and some programs that will be ongoing at the COP28 Green Zone. That's right after this short break. I wanted to take a minute and tell you about our partners, MasterCard, who helped make this podcast possible. Did you know that from the 1st of January 2028, all newly produced MasterCard plastic cards will be made from more sustainable materials? Many banks today are already offering sustainable MasterCard products, so you too can become a part of the movement by asking your bank for a sustainable card today. Thank you to MasterCard for their support of Forward Talks and Goombook. Welcome back to my conversation with this episode's climate leaders, Obeid Al-Shamzi and Shama Rashid Mewana, from the UAE Ministry of Climate Change and Environment. You 
mentioned awareness, uh, capacity building, um, and you also mentioned a, a, an important word like it's a heavyweight um, discussion. Um, we hear around the world that there is a lot of eco-anxiety, how youth feels overwhelmed, sometimes scared. Um, I've heard of, of young children and young students saying, why should I think about a future? Why should I think about, you know, studying and having a job if they're saying that we're going to go over two degrees uh, increase in temperature, that we're not going to have food and water and, and clean air? So some, somehow, how do we make sure that the youth doesn't feel scared and, or fear and it instead is, is empowered? Have you, have you witnessed this? Is this something that you uh, experience here in the UAE? We have heard about uh, eco-anxiety uh, in a lot of the conferences that we have attended. I cannot say per se if we have heard it here in the UAE, but a lot of the youth in the UAE recognize this concept exists and is being discussed as such a new concept uh, that emerged. But I think you have to give it to the youth that despite their recognizing that their future is being compromised if we're not implementing what is necessary they're using that fear as their tool as their motive to make what is needed from their end right they're very vocal when it comes what when it comes to what needs to be implemented what should we do so as long as they could harness that fear and direct it to the right um venue right to the right direction it's it's a good way where we could kind of educate them and i think the only way you could combat the eco-anxiety is to educate them with the actual accurate information so they're not always crippled by those anxiety or fear right so as long as each country or individual or um organization takes the initiative to kind of see like listen yes the, this is a problem uh, and we're expecting it to increase and we're expecting to see such a such amount of uh, you know climate change impact and perceived future however the country have implemented a large amount of uh, you know project initiatives uh, measures set in place to combat this so if the individual or the youth is comforted to know that their government is already taking initiative to address this, it could help them lessen some of their anxiety, some of their fear, and the and for them to kind of use that energy and direct it where it's necessary. I'm hundred percent with with Shayma. I think from my experience with the youth is um, the youth of the UAE is uh, one of the highest uh, youth. Uh, uh, who have trust in their governments uh, globally. And what we have seen is, um, as she mentioned, um, even though um, there is, um, like, we, we are expecting a very, um, I wouldn't say doomed future, but like, <laughs> we are uh, we are on, on the verge of, um, uh, let's say, a critical moment in our times uh, to uh, be able to, uh, provide a future, livable future for, for the coming generations. The youth of the UAE, they really believe in the work that their government is doing. And we trust what the government is doing with people like Shayma and others who are really um, putting the youth agenda within their, uh, within their uh, priorities. Uh, and, and I think 
a key thing here is um, the optimism. We can't leave optimism behind uh, for youth and even for us, as um, I would say, um, an older <laughs> youth uh, member, uh, uh, even our, uh, I'm, I'm sure my generation, your generation and Shayma generations, uh, we all inherited this world uh, in a, a worse status than it is already. And we all work to make the world a better place for us and for the coming generations. So I think being optimistic that uh, with all the work that has been carried on globally, and even in the UAE, uh, the future will be bright. And we will have a living future with, uh, with the optimism and the will of uh, youth like Shaima and uh, her colleagues. How does it feel to be youth in the UAE compared to the rest of the world? Being seen, recognized, heard, um, this is something key. Uh, enabled, uh, provided with all the tools that you need to thrive within the government of UAE is, um, I think that's what is really make the difference between the youth from UAE and uh, others. Yeah, and I completely agree with Ibeid. I feel I feel proud. I think that's the only word that fully describes what we feel. It's like we feel proud. Like we know our country has our back. It will always continue to push us where necessary. It will give us the tool that is needed for us to do our job is for us to help the country as well. So we feel recognized, we're, we feel seen, we feel heard. So we're extremely proud and we do see kind of how we have progressed, like what the country had done, how we have been involved. And, it's, and again, the UA is quite a young country and most of our population is already are considered youth and young people. So, and we're already managing a lot of high positions and we're working in like a very intense, extreme uh, work, uh, work uh, position where we are required to assist the country. And seeing how the country continue to give us that support, that tools that is needed, the, no the knowledge that is needed. Again, it's, it's just a very proud thing to be in Emirati here as a youth. This is so beautiful to hear. And, and I have to say, as, um, as a resident of the UAE, we can really see this empowerment. And it's something that makes us proud to, to be here. Uh, same thing with COP. The fact that uh, the UAE is hosting COP makes all of us very proud. And um, I feel uh, there's a lot of expectations out of COP. We're all getting ready. And uh, we know what the UAE is able to deliver. But I would love to hear from you. What are your expectations from COP28? Yeah, okay, I'll speak on nature uh, front, given my background. Um, I think uh, our biggest expectation is we will have definitely a successful table-turning um, COP. Um, from nature perspective, we believe um, or we aspire that this cup will integrate nature and nature-based solutions fully within uh, climate action and recognize it as an efficient uh, way of uh, mitigating and adapting to climate change. Um, and within the youth perspective, um, as uh, Shayma already mentioned, there is a great work that, that have been prepared for uh, in the, during this period and that COP28 will definitely be a key COP uh, that is, has in its core youth and youth aspirations. 
Um, so I'm, I'm very optimistic with this cup and hopefully uh, this is, will be a very successful cup with uh, tangible outcomes and will really put us back on the right track. Um, but uh, we'll hear from Shayma, the expert. <laughs> I think the expectation with COP, inshallah, it will be a successful COP. And the the outcome of COP will kind of determine the trajectory where the climate file will go, right? It's an end of a journey, beginning of a journey, and it, we will rely heavily as to what will be the outcome of the global stock take to kind of determine what are the necessary action for us to take to make sure that we are back in track and we're able to deliver on our um, expectation and our pledge in terms of Paris Agreement. So there's high expectation, there's a lot of expectation, and uh, we hope it is successful. And I think the, the point what we want to do with COP28 is what's one of the COP28 motto, which is unity, is to come together, is recognizing th that this is a very critical time. We need to collectively work together. This is a collective responsibility. Let's put our differences aside. Let's focus on what's at hand and let's see what's the best way for us to tackle this. I think... If we come up out of COP with this strong sense of unity, a strong sense of inclusivity, making sure that every individual in society, in community is included in, as we're progressing, that's a success. If you like coming with that outcome, and again, it resonates to what the youth are wanting. They want equity, they want climate justice, they want more educa climate education, and they want more inclusivity. So giving them that win for us to say like, okay, now we're united, we recognize where we are currently, and we are gonna set uh, you know, the next steps for achieving the goal and to, for us to collectively transition together and not leaving anyone behind. Well, this is uh, the perfect ending of uh, leaving no one behind. It's uh, it's the goal that we all hope to achieve for you, for, for the next generations. We know that there's going to be hundreds of events, uh, new pavilions uh, are being built, specifically one which is the Green Education Pavilion, where we expect to have 6,000 uh, children and, and students coming in through um, also the support of the Ministry of Education. Uh, what are the things that uh, you can uh, tell us that could be of interest to youth when they visit the Green Zone? What can they do? So there's a lot of uh, side events lined up, both taking in the Youth youth Hub and also the Green Education Hub and the different uh, parties pavilion as well, similar to the UAE pavilion. So there's definitely a lot for them to do, a lot for them to attend. Uh, I believe that the UNFCCC ACE team are doing an orientation session for the youth at the beginning of COP, where they could introduce to them everything taking place related to the uh, to the youth, gender, and uh, indigenous people. So it's an opportunity for them. I would advise to attend that session, the orientation session, to have a background as to what is taking place, and then for them to attend anything. The greening, um, there's a green zone is where the youth hub and the uh, greening education hub will be as, as set. And again, uh, you don't require a badge for it. You could just get your ticket to attend. And I will advise whoever is interested and to learn about 
uh, how they could contribute and to meet a lot of other international youth, right? I think it's always amazing for you to go there, to network, hear what they're doing, seeing what other youth are doing and see how you could be part of that. There's a lot of um, organizations are more than happy to kind of house you in and see how they could support you. I would advise to approach Yongo, to approach the YCC team, which is the Youth uh, Climate Champion team. So there's quite a lot of going on related to the youth, and it's a good opportunity for them to be there. Amazing. Um Anything from the youth uh, councils? Are you going to have uh, host any event? So for youth councils, um, again, the Youth Hub would be our main platform. Uh, all of the youth councils within the UAE, whether uh, governmental, uh, private sector, etc., they're all will come together and work uh, uh, and showcase their efforts within uh, the Youth Hub. Uh, we have an event with uh, UNICEF and ACC. Uh, within uh, the youth hub uh, that will be hosting. Um, again, my message for the youth is to come to the uh, green zone at least and uh, explore um, the different pavilions and different uh, uh, activities and initiatives that different governments and private sector is doing. Um, I think it will be really empowering for them um, and will be really beneficial for uh, all of the youth and children attending uh, to see what the world is doing to secure a better future for everyone. Thank you for joining me today. This special series of Forward Talks is brought to you by Gumbuk in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. I'm Tatiana Antonelia Beya, and this episode was produced by Samantha K. Ruz, Anurada Bhattacharya, Janelle Lopez, and Shirak Disay. Thank you, and see you again soon. Thank you.